You're listening to Flaunt, Find Your Sparkle and Create a Life You Love After Infidelity or Betrayal. Have you been betrayed by life, your body, or someone that you love? You're not alone. No matter what you've been through, Naked Self-Worth helps you regain confidence, joy, and enthusiasm so you can create a life you love and flourish. Tune in weekly and learn how. Do you feel betrayed by life, your body, or by someone that you love? You are not alone and you are not weak or overly emotional for feeling the way that you do. Betrayal is one of the most overwhelmingly painful experiences to navigate because it strikes at the core of who you are and what you are worth. No matter how gutted you feel, there is hope. You can flourish, not in spite of your experience, but because of it, I know. After 23 years of marriage, my world was shattered when I found out that my husband had been cheating on me with five different women for 15 years. I lost everything that day, my identity, my worth, and the future I had worked so hard to create. While it was a long and arduous journey back to myself, today I know who I am what I want, and I am happier and more confident than I ever was before. I've got what I call naked self-worth, which is the ability to see, know, and love yourself for who you are, not for what you accomplished or for who you are in relation to others. No matter what has shattered your heart, if you're ready to get clear on who you are, what you want, and to learn how good life really can be, then life choreography is for you. Even if you feel too old or are too busy because you have kids at home and you're in charge of everything. Life choreography is a comprehensive five-month, five-step program that empowers you to strip out of your labels, roles, and scripts and to reveal yourself as you are, not as you think you should be. To learn more, go to nakedselfworth.com and download your free guide that shows you how to untangle yourself from the past, reclaim your sexy, and start re-choreographing life on your own terms so you can love and be loved for exactly who you most authentically are. Hello, welcome to Flaunt. Find your sparkling, create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal. I'm Laura Cheadle, and this show is for everybody who has felt betrayed by their body, their life, or someone that they love, and who is determined to get back in the game, figure it out, and finally start creating and living the kind of life that they know is possible. Today, once again, I am completely excited to bring Neil Donald Walsh to the show. If you haven't already, listen to his first interview that we did last week, because these two shows will really dovetail nicely for you. Neil Donald Walsh has written 39 books on contemporary spirituality and its practical application ding, 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 notice that, because that's what we're going to do in everyday life, including the nine book Conversations with God series. 
The titles have been translated into 37 languages, and his latest book, The God Solution, was just published in December of 2020, and it is amazing. So you will absolutely want to read that. But with that, welcome to the show again, Neil. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you. It's lovely to be here with you, and I do appreciate the invitation and the opportunity to share with you. Absolutely. So what I really wanted to go into today was some of the practical application of all of this, because I know for me and probably my listeners alike, it's one thing to understand it in your head, like in a theory space. Oh, I get it. I get that if God is pure and conditional love and we make that reframe what that means, but it's an entirely different thing when things go bad or when you're tired or when other people just won't cooperate. <laughs> and yeah. I know, yeah, I, I know you've got a lot of insight and wisdom on creation for ourselves versus co-creation with everybody else. Can we go into that a little bit? Yes, I'd love to. Um, I, I, I want to start by saying, I think that betrayal is not possible. Uh, for anyone or of anyone, we cannot be betrayed. If there's nothing that we are requiring, requesting, demanding, or expecting, or hoping for from anyone else. So I think that the first tool that I would offer people, and this is kind of a moving forward tool, we'll talk in a bit about how to deal with in the present moment with what's happened or, or may have just happened, or for that matter, could have happened 10 or 15 years ago. But as we move forward, the first tool that I would uh, suggest to people is to change your mind about what love really is and what love hopes for and asks for and imagines that it needs. Because in my experience and in my, hmm, how would I say this? in my long adventure with this topic of love, because um, I'm an older older gentleman, and I'm not even sure I'd be called a gentleman by some of the people who've known me in my younger years, but I'm an older guy, and uh, my experience of what love really is has changed dramatically. Not a little bit, but enormously, as I have stepped into a larger understanding of who I am, of why I'm here, who we all are, to put it in more general terms, and why we are all here uh, on the planet. When my idea about all of that changed, my thoughts about love and what love really is changed as well. So let me tell you that um, when I understood myself to be not a body, not a physical entity, or at least not only a body, but basically and essentially a spiritual entity, a spiritual being that simply has currently a body and a mind. And that's using these tools really as pieces of equipment, mm -hmm. as devices, if I could put it that way, in order for us to achieve and to experience, to demonstrate and to fulfill the highest notion we've ever held about who we are. And by that means, to move forward in the process called evolution. 
Now, how that relates to your question about uh, you know, practical tools, especially in the in the experience of betrayal, when I understand who I really am and why I'm here, I can't be betrayed. Betrayal would be impossible because who I am, that is a spiritual entity, simply having a body and a mind, does not require or need anything from any other person. It does have desires, but it does not have what I would call requirements. So I like to say to people, don't turn your desires into, into requires. <laughs> don't, turn your, don't turn your desirements into requirements. I love that. Yeah. You know, you know when I was a young man, uh, I had all sorts of ideas about what love was about and what romance was about and what partnering and coupling with another was about. Uh, and and even in what the whole sexual experience was about. Yeah. And it was, for me, when, as a young man, I, I, I'm, I'm ashamed to say it, but as a young man from 19 to 29 or 39 <clears throat> or 49, <laughs> I thought it was about what I could get out of it. Yeah. You know, what I could what I could get. And I, now, to, be, to be honest, to be fair to myself, I wasn't a complete... You know, bad guy. I, I was willing to trade. I wasn't mm -hmm. thinking what I could get out of it without giving anything back. Right. But it was basically what I could get out of it. So I was willing to enter into relationships that I called, not as I look back on it, trade deals. Mm. You know, like, like like countries have trade deals with each other. Yes. You know, so I had a trade deal with these ladies in my life. And how it looked, you know, when I sent them the Valentine's Day card, I always found the perfect card. I would make my own. I made my own Valentine's cards. I couldn't find the one I wanted in the stores. So I would get on my computer and make up a perfect Valentine's Day card. My dearest, my darling, my beloved, I trade you very much. <laughs> and I will never stop trading you. I will trade you until the end of time. But... If you stop trading me, the deal is off. We're, we're done. We're through. Because I saw love as a trade arrangement. And if I, did, if I, if I didn't get in equal proportion to what I gave, I, I felt that I was being cheated. Even if the other person didn't literally cheat on me with someone else, but even if they didn't give me in proportion to what I offered back, I felt that I was being cheated to say nothing if they actually did cheat on me with somebody else by having you know, some kind of a sexual encounter with another human being, even after we promised we would only do that particular thing with each other. Yeah. So, um, but when my ideas about love and about myself changed, I embraced a new tool to never again allow myself to feel that I need or to never can even hope for, for that matter, even require or think about receiving anything in return for the love that I would feel I wanted to demonstrate and to express for another human being. Hmm. That the bliss, the total bliss and all the bliss that was necessary, all of the joy and wonder and bliss of love that I, that I really wish to experience was experienceable simply with the expression of that love. 
and I felt fulfilled. I, be, I began to feel fulfilled in that process. Kind of like, you know, I like to sometimes um, make an example. If I'm holding a six-month-old baby in my arms, and especially if it's a child that I feel very close to, maybe my grandchild or my own child, I find myself filling with love, a certain kind of love, a wonderful, dynamic, blissful kind of love that I give fully and completely to that wonderful infant, needing nothing in return. Right. So I don't, I don't love it for what I can get from it. I love it simply because of its existence. Yes. The purity and the joy and the wonder of his existence. Now, when, if I, is it possible for human beings to transfer that kind of love to someone who's not three or six months old, but 30 years old, maybe? You know, somebody in the prime of their life? Can we still love the person that way? I, I think we want to. I think something inside of us wants to, which is why we call each other babies. <laughs> we say, hey, baby. Oh, baby. Don't feel that way, baby. We call each other baby for that reason. Because, you know, at some subliminal level, we want to feel toward them the way we feel toward any baby. baby. That is to love without needing anything back in return. Not only in that, not only to love without needing anything back, but to love in a way that totally understands even when the baby might make a mistake. Mm -hmm. You know, like if I'm holding a three-month-old baby in my arms and I'm just coo-cooing it, oh, is it a sweet baby? And the baby makes an unfortunate biological mistake. Right. It's okay. I, you know, well, of course it is. Yeah. I don't have to. I don't have to forgive it. I don't. I. I simply understand. Oh, even that is perfect. In my experience of that beautiful, beautiful life form. Yeah. Now, when I understand that mistakes of all kinds, not simply biological mistakes, but mistakes of all kinds, emotional mistakes, psychological mistakes, spiritual mistakes. You know, when I understand that mistakes of all kinds are totally understandable and totally, totally um, natural, totally normal to the human condition, as we move through the process of our own evolution, when I understand that, then I find it possible for me to even sustain my love in moments of what we, I used to call betrayal. Because I can't be betrayed because I'm asking and needing nothing in return for the love that I give. Now, let me be real, real clear, tool number two, that doesn't mean that I have to stay in a situation physically right. where I allow myself to be abused emotionally and God knows not physically in any way. So loving someone does not mean necessarily cohabitating with them or you know, living with them in in a small space. It doesn't mean staying in that kind of personal relationship with them. It simply means that we do not withdraw our love, although we may withdraw our physical presence, either temporarily or permanently mm. from their life. See, I was told in conversations with God that no relationship ever really ends. It simply changes form. Right. So what we have the opportunity to do if we feel deeply abused and it's ongoing 
either physical, emotional, or psychological abuse, is to simply discontinue the uh, or, or bring an end to the opportunity for that abuse to go on. Yes. By by simply removing ourselves from the physical space in which that abuse is taking place. Uh, a simple example I like to use, because it's it's almost simplistic. I'm, I'm going to ask your audience to forgive me if it's almost too simplistic. But I use it because it's so simple for us to understand. I don't smoke. And because I don't smoke, uh, I don't really choose to have anybody smoking in my house. Right. So when I have guests, if they come to my home, I ask them not, not to smoke. Now, I did have one particular, and most people, of course, will honor that, but I did have one particular person who said, well, I, you know, I, I can't, just can't go for a couple of hours without at least one cigarette. And so at one point, he actually opened up a package of cigarettes and started to light it. And I said, no, no, I don't think you heard me when I asked you when you came in. He said, well, I'm just, just going to have a real, just a couple of puffs. I said, if you're going to do that, I'm going to have to either ask you to leave or I will leave the house and you'll be sitting in my house all by yourself. I trust that you wouldn't steal anything. Because I have I have cameras all over the house that will catch you stealing things, but I'm going to tell you that I'm not going to stay here if you're going to continue smoking. Right. And and uh, likewise, I don't go to restaurants where people do smoke. I go to only restaurants where there's no smoking. Now, again, I use a simplistic example to make a point. Loving that person doesn't require me to stay in the room while they're lighting up a cigarette. Right. Much less a cigar. <laughs> You know, or a pipe or whatever. So, so the, my point being that I allow people to know what my, if I could use a well-worn out word, almost too worn out, but if we're going to use it here, I allow people to know what my boundaries are. Mm -hmm. And when I set establish my boundaries, I do so with love. And I'm serious. I, I'm not just saying that as a matter of form. I mean it in truth. You know, lovingly tell you that I'm uh, not someone who appreciates smoking in my home or being abused physically or mentally in any way, psychologically or emotionally. And so I'm going to ask you not to do that. And if you can't discontinue doing that, I'm going to tell you that I will not be in close proximity. I will not share physical time and space with you in this relationship. But I will always love you because my love for you has nothing to do with what you give me, but only what I choose to express and to feel toward you. So those are the first two tools that I would offer as practical tools. Now, I know people have heard this before. This is not new. Nobody's slapping their forehead going, oh, set boundaries. Why has no one ever told me that before? But what I hope I've done is offer at least a little bit of a different context within which to hear that, that message that the context is to re-establish our understanding of what love really is. Love is an expression yes. of our true nature. It is a demonstration of our true identity. It is a, an expressing of who we really are. And it depends on nothing from the other person in order for it to be complete. Mm -hmm. And and th that's perhaps not a thought that most people think of when they are here, when they hear from their counselor or from, from their you know, helper, you know, to set boundaries. Right. They don't really put those two pieces of information together. Right. 
So I'm I'm putting the, the, the pieces about boundaries and uh, unconditional love together. And then if you'd like, we can talk a little bit about the process of manifestation, which is what the second heart part of the book, The God Solution, is about. Yes. That, that talks about how we can manifest the reality in our life that we choose uh, to experience yes. with, regard, with regard to relationship or for that matter, with regard to anything else. Exactly. Yeah, because that's, I think, so often the fear that people fall into. This is my world. This is my reality. Oh my gosh, it's all changing. How do I consciously create that which I want? Because, oh my gosh, if I consciously created this somehow, this is, I just can't go there and people get really wonky. So yeah, I would love to go there. I think, yes, uh, I think it would be a mistake to think that we are unilaterally responsible for all the experiences in our life. Correct. So for instance, it, it, let's just get out of the topic of relationship just for a moment, again, to use a simple example. I was fired once in my life. They didn't call it fire, they called it laying off. I was laid off, which is a gentle way of saying, you're not working here anymore. Right. And in my mind, I call it, oh, I was just fired. And, you know, and my boss said to me, no, 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 we left firing you. Firing is like, you know, when, when we let somebody go because of uh, unsatisfactory service or they did something wrong or whatever, we're not firing you, but we are laying you off. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, well, well, what's the difference? And he said, well, you know, we're laying you off. We're letting you go right now. We might bring you back if, if, if circumstances allow us to, but you know, we've had some financial difficulties, a financial downturn. We have to trim some expenses. You are the latest hire, so you have the least amount of seniority. Last in, first out. Yeah. So we have to ask you to, you know, to, to allow us to lay you off. And you know, if, if our um, finances improve and you're still available, if you're not working somewhere else, we, we would love to have you come back and be here with us. Right. Now, um, that is... Um, and it's an experience I've had in my life where I have been, I have been fired. Now, why did I just bring that up? Because of the, the co-creation that yeah, exactly. you didn't create the experience. I, I, I want to make sure that we're all listening where I want to make sure everybody's listening. It's exactly because the, your audience might be wondering, what's that got to do with the topic? See, the topic is, you know, we are not uh, creating all the experiences of our life. But if I wasn't clear about that, that is, we are not unilaterally by ourselves, creating all the experiences of our life. Now, but if I'm not clear about that, I'll go home and, and, and if I'm part of the so-called, especially, especially if I'm part of the so-called new age community, you know, the new thought movement, I'll sit there in my house and I'll say, why did I create that? You know, I don't understand, why am I creating this in my life? Or for that matter, to stay closer to our topic, why am I creating being betrayed? Why have I created, why did I create that? So I think it's important, tool number three to use in our discussion of tools for life is don't allow yourself to accept full, total, complete, and unilateral responsibility for all the creations of your life. Because life is a process of collaborative creation, and it's sometimes even proportionate to the energy that's placed into the process itself. That is, I might have only five or 10% to do with a particular creation, and the other person has 90%. To use my example of being laid off at work, yeah. 
You know, I, I was going to work every day. I was doing a great job. They even said to me I was doing a great job. They actually said these words as I was walking out the door. We're sorry to lose you. Right. You were, you were really one of our better employees. But our policies are last in, first out. You, you don't have any seniority. But boy, we're sorry to lose you. So they're apologizing and telling me how wonderful I am as they're inviting me to leave the room and to leave the company. That's, that's happened in relationship as well. I've had, I've had ladies say to me, as they're inviting me to leave the room, <laughs> I, I, I love you, you know, and, and it was, so I have to know that uh, I'm not unilaterally responsible and, and in proportion to the event, I may even be only a tiny bit responsible. All creation is collaborative, but, but the other person may be 90% responsible for creating what we call betrayal mm -hmm. or infidelity. You know, and and um, what little responsibility did I have? Maybe might be just having not paid close enough attention to what's going on, or whatever it might be. But or maybe even there's some metaphysical thought I'm holding. A lot of people that I talk to when I work with people on this topic say to me, "Is am I having a problem with self worth?" Right. And more than one person say to me, "I must be. I must be harboring." energies of lack of self-worth or I would never have created this in my life. And I, you know, and I work with them for two or three sessions. They say, whoa, 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 whoa. What if it had nothing to do with self-worth? What, what if your, the level of your self-worth, whether it's at a level of one or a level of 10 on a scale of one to 10, because even the most self-worthy people, even people who think the highest of themselves come home one day and find out that they've been betrayed. Right. And then they wonder, oh, no, wait a minute, how is that possible? I was the best spouse you could possibly ask for. Right. I was, I was the best partner. I'm, I'm really a good person and all that. So I want, to, I want to use as our tool number three to take personal responsibility or make it, you know, the, the tendency to make it your fault off the table. I love when, that. When it comes to our uh, process of manifestation, don't get into asking, why would I manifest that? Why would I create that? I call that a new age bypass, new age, you know, guilt, misplaced guilt. Right. So asking why is, and I was told in my conversations with God, is the most useless, pointless question in the universe, actually. Why anything is a, is a pointless question. The really the only meaningful question with regard to any topic not, is not why, but what. That is not why did this happen, but what do I choose to be in response to it happening? And often when we decide what we want to be in response to it happening, we realize in retrospect, oh, I see. That's why it happened. Oh, I see. I see that, wow. It happened to give me an opportunity mm -hmm. to announce and declare, express and fulfill, become an experience who I really am. Mm -hmm. And I know that that sounds like a lot of philosophical gobbledygook to some people because they've told me that, oh, that's the philosophical nonsense. But I don't think that it is. In my life, I've learned that I've come here to the physical world in order to demonstrate and express who I really am, that is to express my divinity, that I'm an aspect of the divine, that I am an individuation, if you please, of God, 
And mm -hmm. I've come into physical form in order to demonstrate that because in the physical realm, I have the greatest opportunity to do so. So when opportunities come up that provide me moments in which I can demonstrate that, yeah. I am invited, raise not your fist to heaven and curse the darkness not, but be a light unto the darkness that you might know who you really are. And everyone whose life you touch might know who they really are as well. Mm -hmm. Did I share with you the story of, of Pope John Paul II in our last time together? Yes, you did with somebody shooting him. And, and almost killing him. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. He, he was shot six times. And the point that I, the reason I brought that story up in our last visit together yes. is that it's a, it's a powerful example of someone, I mean, talk about feeling betrayed. Totally. Maybe that wasn't emotional betrayal you know, in a relationship, but when a man, you know, when, you're, when you're moving down the street in, a, in an open motorcade and waving to the crowd, and some guy steps out of the crowd and shoots you six times, I would call that betrayal at oh, a pretty high level. Big time. And he goes to, and as you know from the last episode, he goes to the, to this, to the jail cell of his assassin. He he uh, he was hit six times, by the way. None of the bullets missed him. It's an amazing thing that he survived. His surgeon said it was amazing that the Pope survived. But when he recovered, mm -hmm. months later, he went to the jail cell of this assassin because they, of course, they captured him immediately and threw him in jail for life. You don't shoot the Pope in Italy. You don't get by with that. <laughs> no, and, and not anywhere, but especially not in Italy, so, where the half the population, two-thirds of the population is Roman Catholic. So they, they pounced on this guy and threw him in jail for life. And the Pope goes, as you know, but for those who weren't with us for the first session, the Pope goes to the cell of this guy and gives him his papal blessing. And he forms a friendship with the man. Based on an understanding, he simply said to the man, I can't condone what you did. I don't agree with what you did. I don't want to ever have anybody repeat what you did. I'm not suggesting that in any way, but I would like to understand why you did what you did. And the person explained, you know, he had his own personal grievances. I don't need to get into it, but he had private grievances about, you know, the Roman Catholic Church, and he was going to take it out, you know, on, on, by killing the Pope. And the Pope said, well, again, I don't agree with that as a solution, but now at least I understand the frame of mind that you must have been in that you could have caused you to, to betray me, to shoot me in such a way, mm -hmm. to, to act in that way. And so he, he said... And uh, he made it clear to the world, understanding replaces forgiveness in the mind of the master. That's tool number four. We don't try to find a way to forgive the person who betrayed us. You know, I've had people say to me in, in my sessions, I can't, I can't forgive them. This is unforgivable. This is, this is the unforgivable. We had a deal. We had an arrangement. We had a promise. We promised each other fidelity and so forth mm -hmm. and so on. Mm -hmm. And this is unforgivable. And I say, well, it may in fact be unforgivable, but what, what if light wasn't asking you to forgive? Right. What if life was simply inviting you to understand yeah. how a person could do such a thing? And even understanding doesn't make it right. It simply makes it more clear mm -hmm. how it could have occurred, how a normally in other ways nice human being could have done such an unnice thing. Right. What, 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 what's behind that? And understanding replaces forgiveness in the mind of the master. And it surely replaces forgiveness in the mind of the one who loves another. 
which is why one of the things I love to say to people when I'm allowed to speak in churches, I'm often uh, uh, invited to give pulpit talks in churches, and I love to get up in the pulpit and say to, to the congregation, thank you for allowing me to be here this week. I've come here to share with you an important message. God will never forgive you for anything. I bet that freaks people out. <laughs> they go, they go crazy. Half the audience wants to get up and walk out. Only out of politeness, they sit there and they start folding their arms, like, "What in the heck is this guy telling us?" And I have to explain to them, God doesn't forgive you. It will never forgive you for anything, because forgiveness is not necessary from God, because God cannot be hurt, angered, damaged, destroyed, upset, frustrated, or negatively impacted in any way by the likes of you. Or for that matter, by anyone or anything. That's yeah. what makes God, God. Yeah. But God does understand how a person at your level of awareness and consciousness could do what you did. And so understanding replaces forgiveness in the mind of the master. And love never goes away. God loves you through that moment and through that experience. And since we're created in the image and likeness of God, no matter what somebody does to us, it can't damage, hurt, destroy us either. We Not can, at a spiritual level, no. Yeah, we, can we, can, we can allow it to, to hurt or hurt us at a psychological or physical level, mm-hmm. but that's not who we really, when we really are. When we step into our true identity, suddenly the hurt goes away, which is, which is you know, almost tool number five how to make the hurt go away. Now, here's, here's something that's going to be a tool that people are going to disagree with. When I tell you this one, you're going to lose two-thirds of your listenership. Your audience is going to turn it off and say, I'm never going to listen to this woman again. I don't know who she has. These weird people as guests on her program. This guy is totally out of his mind because tool number five that I'm going to invite you to embrace and to consider is this. Here it comes. You ready for it? I'm so ready. Okay, wait for it. Gratitude. Gratitude is so counterintuitive. Wait a minute. Are you saying I should be grateful for what happened to me? And the answer would be, if you know who you are and why you're here in physical form on this planet, the answer would be yes, for the reason I just gave a few moments ago. Mm-hmm. Because what has just occurred in your life has brought you the perfect opportunity for you to step into the next grandest version of who you really are and to become an even greater demonstration of that. Yes. And you know what? Um, I've had occasion to stand in front of audiences and give live presentations before this whole pandemic took me off the road and took people out of auditoriums. But I would ask them routinely for 20 years. I would say to my audience, how many of you have experienced what you have decided was, what you thought in that moment was, gosh, one of the worst things that could ever happen to you, emotionally and physically or both, Mm -hmm. in your life? Only to decide six weeks or six months or six years later, that it was one of the best things that ever happened to you. How many of you have ever had that experience? And 95% of the hands in the audience go up. Yeah. 
It's a common human experience. Now the master is the one who understands that ahead of time. Yeah. While the event is occurring, not six weeks, six months, or six years later. That ahead of time piece is interesting. It's what allows people to live their life in serenity, in peace, in joy, and in the absence of bitterness and resentment and deep-seated burning anger or sorrow. Mm -hmm. I, I don't mean that it's not okay to be sad about something, but I'm talking about sorrow that's so deep-seated that it becomes debilitating, what I call debilitating sorrow. That is the kind of sorrow that stops us from moving forward with our life in any significant or important way, to say nothing about you ever even dreaming of another relationship. Right. We just say, okay, I'm done. I'm, you know, I'm done with that. And we, we never even allow ourselves to enter into any kind of meaningful relationship with a significant other again. Mm-hmm. Because our sorrow and our anger has become debilitating. Right. By the way, ironically, extending the damage that that other person did for the next 25 or 30 years. Exactly. Allowing the damage to be repeated, 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 repeated. It wasn't bad enough that it happened once, but we, we carry the hurt. And you know, for the rest of our lives or for many years, and decide we're never ever ever going to open ourselves up to that level of vulnerability ever again. Mm-hmm. And so we close ourselves down to life. Right. So the fifth tool that I suggest to people is the tool of gratitude, as counterintuitive as that is. Because here's why. Gratitude changes the energetic. See, I want to make this point. Maybe I said some of the same things in my first visit with you, but I've got to repeat myself. All of life is energy. All all that's really happening is that we're moving through an energetic field and participating in the creation of that field Mm -hmm. through a process by which we extend and project energy into the field and accept and receive energy from the field. Okay. And what goes around comes around. That is, what we project into the field returns back to us, often multiplied and folded over seven times. Mm, That makes eminent sense. So why gratitude is a powerful, powerful tool is that it is a positive energy that says, okay, I see the gift in everything that's happened in my life. All the events from the time I was born, Maybe my parents deserted me. Maybe I was abused. Maybe somebody died on me when I was very young or whatever it might have been. But if I see the benefit in all of it, and especially in this most recent experience of betrayal, if I see the gift, the long range gift, and long range could be three days, not three years. Right. But if I see the gift in this moment, the gift of allowing me the opportunity to demonstrate an experience Mm -hmm. to experience the wonder of who I really am. If I see that gift, I will then send an energetic into the field, into the contextual field that will change the energy of the field itself. And I begin to create a brand new 
metaphysical and physical reality. That's a foundational principle of metaphysics. Mm -hmm. James Allen wrote a wonderful little booklet about this many years ago called As a Man Thinketh. Our thoughts are far more powerful than we think they are. And that's a key to the manifestation process. Mm -hmm. Now, again, I know that many of your members of your audience have already heard a lot of this. Oh, I've heard all about positive thinking and our thoughts are powerful. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that doesn't help me when I've been betrayed. I'm feeling emotionally bruised and wounded deeply. Okay, fair enough. You know, I'm not suggesting that you should repress those feelings and pretend they don't exist. Mm-hmm. But I'm allowing us to work with those feelings while you're feeling the pain, while you're feeling the sadness, but to decide, you know what, that's what happened. And yeah. I'm going to move to my metaphysical spiritual self, and I'm going to embrace an extraordinary truth. Mm-hmm. Nothing in life happens to us that is not to our benefit. Right. If we turn it to our benefit, if we use it as a tool and as a device, with which to move forward with the agenda that brought us here into physical life to begin with. Mm-hmm. And that positive response to life's tragedies, to life's sadnesses, to life's pain, can, as I said, alter the energetic field, the contextual field to such a degree that the pain can disappear. Yes. And that the willingness to move forward with life can reemerge with a vitality and a blissfulness that we might not have known possible. Yeah. So those are powerful, powerful tools. Those are really powerful. And you also said in the book, and I really appreciated it too, to not decide is also a decision. And I think that's really important to note too, that put out that positive because it doesn't stop. You can't just say, well, I'm just going to be in grief for six months and be really, really negative and not decide anything. Well, decide. or I'll ignore it for that matter. Yeah. I'll just ignore it. And, and I won't have, I won't, I won't, I'll just pretend it didn't happen. Right. Pretending it didn't happen is also not an out. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't do you, that. <laughs> no, because you're, you're simply covering stuff you, you know, and, and you're just, you're repressing. Yeah, and I, I would, you know, what we don't want to do is repress emotions. We want to express emotions, but in a way that serves the moment and expressing the emotion of continued and debilitating sadness and anger is not beneficial. Yeah. Now, anger, anger is, it's okay to express. And I want to make this real clear as to what people listening. I'm not saying we shouldn't ever express anger in our lives. The anger is one of the five natural emotions. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's it perfectly, anger was given to us as a gift with which we can offload the sudden eruption of powerful negative energy. But we can use our anger and the expression of it as a means of releasing any negative energy we no longer wish to hold within us. So the trick with anger is to not use it in a way that's self-debilitating or self-injuring, or for that matter, hurtful or injuring to another in any particular way. It's, and there are ways to do that, of course. Yes. There are ways to express anger, that is to push it out. That doesn't have to necessarily hurt anyone else and doesn't have to injure ourselves either. Mm-hmm. And we can, and there are many, many, many ways to do that. And, you know, and we can, and the counselors, of course, uh, are, and psychiatrists and psychologists are trained to help us 
with yeah. those kinds of with those kinds of tools. So the first thing that I would do, and I did, by the way, in my life when I felt betrayed, I'm thinking now about you know, 50, 50 or 60 years ago, I did feel betrayed, you know, by by a lady who said I was her one and only love and blah, blah, blah. We've all had the experience, unless we haven't, but I right. did have the experience. And when I was smart enough, you know, I was in the doldrums for about three days. And a friend of mine, a guy that I knew and, and, and trusted, he was a pal of mine. He said, you know what? I'm going to recommend that you see my psychiatrist. And I, you know, he said, I know you don't want to, you know, because guys don't like to, don't like to go to see psychiatrists. Yeah, the guys don't like that. I'm not weak. I don't need that kind of, you know what? I took, but this was another guy telling me this, and I took his advice. And I went, I did go to his psychiatrist, who became my psychiatrist and gave me wonderful tools with which I could deal with the anger that I felt yes. about the whole situation. And I promise you, within two and a half, three weeks, I was over it. Was, I mean, not just, I was completely over it. Right. I wasn't, I'm not going to say that I was celebrating it, but I was over it. I was over the anger and the debil deb debilitating kind of sadness that was stopping me from moving forward in my life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I want to say as well, tool number six, seek help, whether it's from a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a counselor, a pastor, a minister, member of the clergy, or even maybe your best friend, but don't go it alone. Yes. You know, I wrote a book about this called When Everything Changes, Change Everything. Yes. And the first thing that I tell people to do when everything in your life changes from what you thought it was going to be, change everything about the way you are living your life, including do not decide to go it alone. Mm -hmm. Tool number seven, don't go it alone. Mm -hmm. Don't sit there in your room, you know, and uh, mourn the loss or deal with the pool of anger or sit in your puddle of grief. Don't go it alone. Mm -hmm. Reach out mm -hmm. and yeah. interact with another person, especially someone who's trained to do so. Yes. And that book would be a really good resource for all of the listeners here too, because that's what I hear so often. The rug was pulled out from under me. Everything that I thought to be true is no longer true. And here's some tools. Everything has changed. This is how you change everything. Reach out, connect. And also- It's one. It's only one way. The book is, has a whole slew of ways. Yes. For, yeah, but, so read the book when everything changes change everything, including change your idea about why change occurs. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one because that's that shift from this happened to me and I'm a victim and this is awful to there's some possibility here. Who do I get to be now? What do I get to create? How much more opportunities to express love will I have now? I hate to be predictable here, but I got to tell you this. I just have to say it. I am married now to the most wonderful person I've ever known in my life. We've been together now 15 glorious years. Mm -hmm. But that couldn't have happened to me if I hadn't experienced the loss of this other lady that I'm telling you about, with whom I was deeply in love. Yeah. And who said that she was deeply in love with me. And you know what? Honestly, she really was in love with me. I'm not even going to try to pretend, oh, she didn't love me. Actually, she did love me. But an old, old romantic partner from her college days suddenly showed up in town and looked her up and found her. And she just felt reignited in 
in that, you know, in that love that she had for him. Yeah. And, you know, she had just a spontaneous response to it and betrayed me. Right. Now, you know, as an older man, I look back on that and I totally understand how that could have happened. Again, like the Pope, you know, I don't right. condone it. I don't agree with it. I don't hope that she repeats that behavior in her life. But do I understand how it's possible for a human being to have made that kind of a decision and made that kind of a choice? Of course I do. And I, I, I've had opportunity to say that to her, to, to, to verbalize that with her, to say, sweetheart, you know, it can never be the same between us. But I do want you to know I am not going through the rest of my life feeling negative anger and emotion and sadness and deep pain because of what happened here. Mm -hmm. Let's both move forward and give ourselves the space to embrace. I love that phrase, a little poem I wrote, the space to embrace the yeah. human race and, yeah. and the humanity that we are. Yeah. And no, she was very grateful. And she looked at me with a tear in her eye. I remember her looking at me. She said, that's why I always loved you. Oh. And that was a gift that allowed me to get over any residual bitterness I might have been tempted to carry forward. Mm-hmm. So these are some tools, and boy, if, if a person hasn't read that book, when everything changes, change everything. Yes. It gives you 10 changes you can make in your life that can change the way you deal with change itself. Which is huge. Yeah. Yeah. I will definitely put the link to that book in the show notes as well, because I think that is a must read for all of you in the audience, because like me, I know how difficult it was. And any tool that you use that can help, please <laughs> use that tool. And like Neil said, don't go at it alone. And, you know, speaking of don't go at it alone, he's got some amazing virtual opportunities too, to go deeper into the work with him. So you can also check that out. I absolutely recommend reading the books, sitting with it, feeling it in your soul, remembering who you are and what you can express, and then reaching out to anybody who is, I'm going to put a little bit of a condition on this. In this unconditional space that we are, I'm going to put a condition on it. <laughs> but reach out to somebody who is also expressing love and not to somebody who is expressing anger or fear. Just reach out to the people who express love. Because like he was saying, you're putting that into the quantum field and creating more and more love is what we need. And if I could be so bold to suggest reach out to God yeah. the source of all of love allow yourself to know that there is a God there is a higher power there are more things in heaven and earth Horatio than are dreamt of in your philosophy as my friend Bill used to say and Bill also had this to say, to be or not to be. Mm -hmm. 
That is the question. What it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or to rise up against a sea of troubles, and by opposing to end them. So there's more than one way to oppose the sea of troubles. Jump in and swim. And allow all those around you to see, oh, I now am demonstrating who I really am. I'm a wave. I'm the ocean of divinity. I'm not God in total, but a wave is not separate from the ocean. It's not something other than the ocean. It is the ocean simply arising in individual form. And when that expression is complete, the wave recedes back into the ocean to arise again on another day, even as you and I both will. So when you're turning to the source of love in your life, whoever it might be, be sure also to turn to God. Yeah. Pure love, pure love. Boy, it sure has worked with me. Yeah. And you know what? I could be making all this up. I, you know, I have to tell people that so they don't think that I'm kind of a woo-woo guy because I'm not one of those spaced out, you know, <laughs> woo-woo guys who walk around wearing Birkenstocks and earrings. Not that there's anything wrong with guys wearing earrings and Birkenstocks, right. but I'm just not one of them. You know, I'm, I'm just a regular, really a very conservative, you know, in many ways, man. But I'm, I'm willing to acknowledge I could be making all of this up. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong, wrong about all of this. I don't need to convince anyone that I actually had a conversation with God. Right. And I don't need to convince anyone that what I'm saying is true. But I do invite people, you know what? Before you decide out of hand that it's none of it's true, that it's all nonsense, try it. Yes. See what happens. Yeah. It's really quite simple. It is. And you, and you mentioned that in the God solution to the simplicity of God, the simplicity of how this all works. And I love that. Try it, feel it and see what happens for you. Thank you so much for being here again, for speaking so directly to not only the hearts and the minds, but the spirits of all of the listeners here, please do what Neil says and just Check it out, feel it, turn to God, see what happens to you. And as usual, always remember to flaunt exactly who you are, because who you are is always more than enough. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you been struggling lately? Relationship issues impact every area of your life. When I found out about my husband's infidelity, I was so devastated. I could barely function. Sleeping was impossible because I couldn't shut off my brain. Eating was a challenge because I felt nauseous all the time. And for the first month or so, everything felt pointless. Whether you're having trouble sleeping, feeling hopeless, or just can't focus, BetterHelp is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help. You can talk to your therapist in a private, online environment at your convenience. 
There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that might not be available in your area. Just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you'll be matched with a therapist in under 24 hours. Then you can schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. I know that confidentiality was important for me, especially early on when I couldn't even get my own mind wrapped around what was happening. And it was so comforting to be able to speak with someone candidly about everything I was going through, to validate that what I was feeling and experiencing was completely normal. You can request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Special offer to flaunt, create a life you love after infidelity and betrayal listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash flaunt. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash flaunt, F-L-A-U-N-T. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal with radio host and live choreographer Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Develop naked self-worth and reclaim your confidence, enthusiasm, and joy so you can create a life you love and embrace who you are today. Download your free Sparkle Through Betrayal Recovery Guide at NakedSelfWorth.com. 